And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It is a special edition of Live from the Bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at SciFiForMe.com. Welcome to this later broadcast. Normally, we are about two hours ahead of this. But we are doing this special broadcast so you can participate in the conversation live with our guests. We are well on our way to uh, 1,700 subscribers over on YouTube. We're also broadcasting to Odyssey and Facebook, so the chat is open in all of those places. You can also leave us a comment. You can uh, join us on all of the socials, sign up for our newsletter. We're happy to have you. And, of course, if you prefer to consume your content as a podcast, we're on a number of different players. And we have audience all over the world, and we're happy to have you. And this is this is a conversation that I probably figured never to have because the news came last week, and it was somewhat unexpected because some people are sitting there going, "Wait, what? What? Hold on, what?" We got the we got the word started percolating around that TSR was back. And for those of you who are of an age, TSR was the one. It was the beginning uh, role playing games. I remember my particular uh, my particular entry point into Dungeons and Dragons was in 1980. First edition, I'm, I'm that old. Uh, and yes, Major, Majors, Bunker at Two, and there's a special reason why. And let me bring him in now uh, because uh, we're going to get uh, quite a bit of conversation, I'm hoping. E. Gary Gygax Jr. is with us today. Welcome, sir. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I enjoy talking to gamers and gaming with gamers whenever possible. Well, now you uh, still DM uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaigns up in uh, uh, at the at the museum. Is that right? Still? Well, yeah. It's not. It's not a campaign. I run uh, games on request. Okay. All right. All right. Which is quite the difference because uh, I, this is the same game that was created in that building back in 1978 when I was a store clerk at the Dungeon <laughs> Hobby Shop. Yeah, because now, so your your dad is one of the one of the people who created Dungeons and Dragons is one of the original role playing games, and I was not aware in doing my research. I wasn't aware that he was one of the founders of the Gen Con conventions, uh, yes. and that that kind of took me by surprise. But Dungeons and Dragons for a lot of people have meant has meant different things over the years, different generations. We're now in the fifth edition, and and Wizards of the Coast has it, which is a Hasbro thing. And there's, you know, your mileage may vary on whether or not that's a good thing. But in the beginning, Dungeons & Dragons was this new thing. And I remember in, in 1980, the summer after my fifth grade year, 
a buddy of mine came came over and he said, you know, we've got this new game that we're trying out. We're this new game we're going to play. It's called Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. What is it? And as we figured these things out, you know, we had the the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Player's Handbook and and uh, you know the Fiend Folio and that sort of thing. And it kind of just kind of took the world by storm, really, to, for, to a certain extent. There were a lot of enthusiasts right out of the gate. A lot of people were, taking, were, were playing this game, so much so that it was considered a threat to our youth. And we had, you know, movies like uh, Mazes and Monsters get made, and, and it was one of those, you know, it's a, it's a danger. It's a danger. So <laughs> you're on the inside of this. When your dad came up with Dungeons and Dragons, what was what was the conversation like internally at the house? At you know the family sitting around the dinner table. Hey, I got this idea for a game. How did it get started? Let's let's it, let's it, begin it there. It got started because, uh, well, I've been raised a a gamer from you know birth. I, I literally cut my teeth on an SS Panzer Division from Stalingrad at Avalon Hill board game in 1960. Um, otherwise, my father just told Elisa and I that he was going to be um, testing this new game after school. So we came into his den, and I remember Rob Kuntz being there some other historians don't don't find that to be the case. And all three of us did our very first adventure, where it was Rob playing the fighter Robilar, Elisa was Alyssa, the cleric, and I was the first magic user, Tensor. Of course, an anagram of my name, Ernest. And most people would just call me Ernie, not E. Gary Beckett or whatever. <laughs> um, at that moment, we had no idea of anything except that we were going to this old, strange, probably haunted, ruined castle. That there was tales of treasure and monsters and oddities and deformities. It was just a, a, a fantastic little situation where the mind was totally open. There was there was no no ceiling. What could happen? My first spell I took was a read magic. Because there was there was none of this only taking combat spells or whatever right. else. And it actually came in handy because on the top of a staircase going down to the second level, there was runes. And I, I used the read magic and it said, Know ye travelers and adventurers, that the deeper you go, the greater the perils and the better the rewards. <laughs> and that's how we started learning about the idea of, you know, going down levels to to do better as we as we advance right. or take huge risks for a large payoff if you succeed. Now, when when the game took off, when you know it it suddenly is is this popular thing that so many people are playing, did that change uh did that change the dynamic at home at all? Did did your did it was it a surprise for your dad or was this something that he kind of figured might happen? Um, we were still almost every weekend we, we were having a friend over or somebody might come and stay for the summer. We had a fellow come and stay from, uh, 
I think Argentina for, for the whole summer, a little uh, half Spanish, uh, half German kid who for some reason seemed to think that Adolf Hitler was fantastic. But anyway, we did a lot of, of gaming and my dad told them, well, because of your, you're not, you're half uh, deformed in the eyes of the Nazis, you would probably just be sterilized in the new order <laughs> instead of, instead of being wiped out. So my dad was trying to put a kibosh right away on this glorification of, of you know, fascism right. or for that part, any sort of uh, communist things, you know, <laughs> mostly tongue and others. Um, but we had, we had gamers constantly. And in fact, that's why Gen Con occurred because he had invited a group of people both from Milwaukee and Chicago from the IFW, which is International Federation of War Gamers, to come over to 330 Center Street and game. And sure enough, they, we were gaming, and little little baby Heidi was stumbling about, and I think Cindy might have been crawling. And there was gamers shooting, I, I believe, an Iowa-class battleship using Fletcher Pratt rules with a measuring tape over the baby crawling to see if they were hitting the Bismarck <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a game. <laughs> this sort of thing. Now, uh, Mom hated the idea of people being in her house, and she wanted to have a normal life and a normal husband. So Dad had to get together, and they had to rent the horticultural hall for somewhere between fifty and a hundred. I think it was would have been a hundred dollars, but he got it for fifty because we did the cleaning afterwards. Gotcha. Now, you, are, are are all of your brothers and sisters as immersed into into gaming? Uh, the way you are or you, the way you have been, or was this, or uh, uh, all the boys that. are immersed into gaming and my sister Heidi dabbles. Okay. Alisa uh, uh, was a beautiful spokeswoman uh, model image for some of the early days. So you might've, might've seen her where it says, you know, where the action is or some of these other poses holding a top secret or suspicion or some other, the, the monster manual. <laughs> so um, how, how hard was it to put this thing together? Because the, between the paper, the paper copy rules and the first hardback editions, there's, there's quite, there's quite a bit of, you know, more material in that first edition set. And, you know, your dad and, and, and I think Don Kay, I think it was his name. Did I have that right? Don Kay was, was not a writer, but he was a gamer. And, and he often got beaten by my father in playing and by others. But that didn't stop him from his love of gaming. Um, Don and my dad had grown up together as kids. They both even uh, courted my mother, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you, you can't get much closer than, you know, yeah. Lake Geneva and, and be nerds because, again, my father and many of these other gentlemen did not fit in as well with many of the other kids growing up. That's a stigma that modern gamers have no idea of, that when we would be at a lunch table in, in 1976 or so in junior high school, I'd be sitting around with a bunch of other guys and there was no girls at our table. Right. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> well, and and you know, 
D and D and and some of the others. I mean, I I got into Dungeons and Dragons. I got into Top Secret. I got into Starfleet battles for a little while. You know, various different things. Car Wars. My cousin and I would play Car Wars a lot. There seemed to be right there in the eighties. Role playing games just were suddenly everywhere, and there were a ton of them. and And D and D certainly was was one of the big ones. But TSR has done some other games over the years, you know, Buck Rogers and Indiana Jones and various different tie-ins and licenses stuff, but other other games as well. And when people when people were talking about the return of TSR last week and the new website's up and and here's Gary Gygax Jr. who's going to be part of this thing and suddenly it's it's this thing. So where has TSR been that now we get a comeback, and what's next? Well, the thing is that TSR was uh, was lost due to internal politics in many ways. And to cut the story short, my father brought in an NPC to fight against the Blooms, and not only did she successfully fight against the Blooms, but she ended up purchasing all of their power and making it her own. So he brought in his own nemesis, which is a horrible situation, but he has to, you know, eat that right. or did. Um, and she, for some reason, despised gamers. He thought that it was just like more widgets and whatever, and that there would be some way to turn this to something more profitable, whatever. <laughs> you know, what, uh, we don't need this goose that's you know, shooting these golden eggs for <laughs> instead. <laughs> I think we're going to have a goose dinner or goose liver pate. Oh my! <laughs> but let's. Uh, what I'm saying is that I think that uh, Lake Geneva, in particular, and a lot of gaming, got strip mined. Not not by um, the gentleman at Watsi, who uh, did all the you know taking it from Lorraine, because all he did mostly was assume her debt obligation, I believe it was $25 million, um, that she owed all the printers and things. But uh, some, some, of the, some of the ways of like overprinting on products with a, with a high royalty rate with guaranteed royalties, whether they sell or not, that's, that reminds me of the rail barons of the past, uh, starting up a rail line, showing how wonderful it is, getting all the public to buy into it while they start another line and sell off all their great stock and, and properties at a very low cost to their new company and leave everybody else stranded dying on, on the line. Yeah. Um, so they looted the dungeon. They, they actually took away the, the employees in, in a nice, mild, servile manner, giving them work out in the West Coast, a beautiful place. But then as for most of them, well, not all, I think Mary Kirtoff has been on and off there and some others, but and maybe Steve Winter. But otherwise, you know, people peeled away, Skip Williams, Penny Williams, uh, many others. Um, and they they just took, as all corporate raiders do, the, the treasures right. and then tried to make them their own. Yeah. American Indians did the same thing. They would, uh, if they would wipe out another tribe, many times it would be take the women and young children to murder off everything else <laughs> and leave. It's, it's just to, to make your tribe that much better. You have that much more room to grow. Right. Um, so Watsi itself 
was a much better answer than Lorraine. And and my good friend, poor Jim Ward, was kind of a, a highly paid mercenary for a while there trying to keep things going. Um, but I just want to say that uh, TSR has been gone. There's a ton of artists and game designers and people that play those there. And recently they were dissed for being uh, old-fashioned, possibly uh, anti-modern uh, trends, what you know, and and uh, and enforcing or even having the concepts of gender identity. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, all I'm trying to do is fill in the strip mine, uh, allow this old fertile soil to to produce more games and products again. We're not going to be able to get back the diamond that was Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. We'll be able to make things that might have chips of diamond material or whatever, but we're never going to see that that great D&D diamond again, I don't think. But someday, something will be around. Hopefully, it'll be made by TSR. But if not, I still hope to be alive and see the next great incarnation of gaming. Because, well, like everybody played Monopoly before Dungeons and Dragons. I would say that Dungeons and Dragons might have been like a stepping stone up from there. And who knows what the next thing will be. Yeah. I, so far, a lot of video gaming has just been modifying other types of games that exist and bringing them to a person where you can be alone or share it over large distances with friends. Uh, at some point, maybe there'll be direct input where you'll be getting sensory. You know, <laughs> I had to let my dog out. You got to get sensory um, benefits, whatever, from your actions or or penalties and pain. Right. And that might be the new thing. And I hope to be alive still. I'm 61 years of age and and feeling a little younger than I did about a decade or two ago. Well, you've uh, you've beaten cancer, I understand. So congratulations Absolutely. on that. Classic Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh my. Okay. Well, then then I would expect that you are feeling a little bit younger than than you probably would otherwise. All right. I'm so, still wearing a battle scar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here is the the new website tsr.games. This is this is the right one, correct? Because I understand I'm, now there's two TSRs. Yes. Well. The one, the, the other TSR is um, a licensee because he let it lapse, but he had absolutely nope. love for the game and the product. Yeah. So there was no reason to try to like say, oh, you screwed up. No, it's all ours. <laughs> Instead, Justin came to him and said, we love you know, that you're doing top secret things. We have a much broader goal for the whole thing. But there's no reason for you to stop or even have any troubles. Justin said, I'll take care of the paperwork. You just give me $10 a year, and you put out all this love for old school gaming that you can. And we appreciate that you were there to try to pick up things. That you produced Gygax magazine during its time. Mm -hmm. That that you're also working on a game that you love to play because Top Secret was Jason's love as a young man. See, right? I was surprised so, to find out that Top Secret was still around. Yeah. Because well, I don't I don't hear people talking well. about playing it. So they haven't done real well. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, that they can't now. Hopefully there'll be a little bit of extra energy involved with Jason and his material too, because we will be openly talking about him 
and things and saying, yes, there's this fine gentleman, this ally. Right. And there'll be other allies. But but the idea is that this is not just going to be a, a, a quick licensing thing. Oh, get this, get that, and let's collect some dough. That's that's <laughs> not. The idea is to have items of quality that I want to play, that Justin wants to play, and Jeff Leeson wants to play. Okay? The, the three of us were involved in the basic beginning of this. I, I was running a uh, tour that Jason happened to be on and uh, he with Geek Nation Tours. And it was a classic RPG Lake Geneva retreat or, mm-hmm. you know, some conglomeration of that. And uh, there's going to be another one, hopefully this November and maybe one in the next spring. But uh, what that does is it allows people from all over the country to come here and see what was Lake Geneva and the history of TSR and game like it was. Well, I said, look at this building. It's it's fallen down into a slum. And this if, if the building could talk history and uh, and all the, the stories it could tell. And Justin went off, hired a realtor, found the owner, bought the building, came to me, came to Jeff, and said, gentlemen, I would like you to work with me on a new project for, I think, my sixth or seventh store. You know, so this... <laughs> so the man... Um, I, I, we've got a, a fighter type. Justin Lanasa is is basically your fighter. He doesn't mince words. In fact, he's very brash sometimes, and I'm desperately trying to to slow that down and, and minimize some of the, the harm he can cause as he charges forth, screaming, you know, like, "Oh no, those are dwarves! Don't chop them down!" <laughs> kind of thing. But don't find it. He paid for my expedition. He he listened to. To my to my uh, advice, and he's there in the front line. I'm standing right behind him. Not in the line. I'm in danger, but I'm the magic user, maybe even cleric. <laughs> I'm a. <laughs> so how? So, so let me ask you this: How involved are you directly? You're not just the face. You're not just the figurehead. You're actually right there in the trenches with everybody else for this thing. With with the two other gentlemen, as well as many volunteers and hopefully an ever-expanding membership. This is kind of, think of like an old British club, where, you know, you know, we sit around with our cigars and things like that. This is going to be what the hobby shop is. Sure. The, the TSR logo trademark was found in the dirt by, by mistake as we were setting up the museum. Okay? We were just going to be looking for dungeon hobby shop, all that sort of thing, and Justin found in laying in the corridor with a, with the carcass of an old you know, encounter <laughs> this treasure. And instead of um, instead of saying like a thief and pocketing this or just trying, he said to Jeff and I, "We have found this treasure. Let's make something of it." You know, I like that. The, 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 <laughs> that's a D and D party. That's the blending. So when it comes to Giant Lands, Giant Lands is a a first licensee of a product that we are working with. I was involved with Giant Lands just before the Hobby Shop Museum became a reality. I was I was talked Jim Ward just uh he, he said. Luke and Ernie, I would like either of you or both to be part of this this project. 
So I said, well, Jim Ward's got a project. It looks like it's um, kind of a gamma world, metamorphosis alpha, which I loved. And then I started reading more and said, oh, there's this other gentleman, Stephen um, Dinehart. And oh, oh, and it's like, God, look at this. Aztecs flying around on hovercraft with beam weapons <laughs> and things. And, all right, this is starting to look good. So I said, well, I would, I really don't want to get involved deeply in like actually writing and having my name on the on the top. But I said I would I would love to be involved in basically criticizing, modifying, <laughs> and polishing the work for somebody else, as well as uh, trying to see what we can do to get this to not just be a concept. Because I worked at Dungeons and Dragons Entertainment with the cartoon and other projects when we were trying to do the movie and things back in 80, late 83, 84, and 85. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, we there was lots and lots of concepts. Very few things came to fruition. And even one of those that was a job for Orange Julius got crushed at the last minute because they, the CEO had discovered that, oh, my God, there, there could be problems from Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now let me ask you this about the cartoon, because uh, we've got Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is that new sequel that that Kevin Smith is doing, the He-Man cartoon, that picks up where the old Filmation cartoon left off. The Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, your dad was involved in developing that. It ended on a cliffhanger, and there was this uh, car commercial, I think, in Belgium that... that no, no, it was uh, Brazil. Brazil. They picked up the story, and it and it gave us a resolution. But are is there a possibility now? Depending on how the rights are structured and who owns what, is there a possibility of another D and D cartoon? Because I know they're working on a movie. That would be completely up to Wizards of the Coast, and I believe that they're media savvy enough that they would not need a non-production entertainment company to come in at this point. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got some minor experience there, but all I, I worked on the cartoon from issue from episode four on. Um, and I, I did some other projects. I ghost wrote four books for my dad with, with Flint Dilly, the Sagar the Barbarian uh, game novels. Oh, okay. okay. And I created a random D4 in the corner and a combat system to go with that. We so actually, we had him on the show maybe about what a month and a half, two months ago, talking about the, the Buck Rogers revival and, and all of the stuff that's going on there. So I, I was not aware that you two knew each other. So, Oh yes, yes. He, he would, he'd come over and, and when I'd see him, I would do things like, hello Buck, you know? And, and I, we had great stories. He got to tell about how he once was flirting with Aaron Gray and he said, yeah, my grandfather owned the IP and all this. And she says, what do you have to do with the show? <laughs> we've got a got him in flames. We've got a question in the chat. Um, does does Gygax Games still own things? Is it possible to make something like Legendary Adventure? And will this new TSR make their own D and D thing with the original stuff, or maybe work with uh, what's TL, TLG for C and Games? Trollard Games. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so. Any plans for collaborating with other game companies at this point? Uh, my father and I and Luke, and Luke is not part of the museum as yet. At this point, he's remained aloof 
with his own kettle of fish. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> um, but at, at this point, um, I can say that we are going to work on our own things. Could you, could you give me that question? Because it's multi-part. I don't want to screw it up. Uh, well, okay, let's start with the, the beginning. If anything go, doing with Legendary Adventure. We are in court right now with Gail Gygax, my father's last wife, who he impressed upon me. This is my wife, you know, in some of his last years. Uh, you, you know, if you're going to deal with me, you're going to be <laughs> dealing with my wife here. And right. I said, okay, father, I understood. You know, he says, doesn't matter what you think or anything like this. This is my wife. So that's, that is important. But he then did a will and the will was not put forth because the assumption was that there was not $50,000 in 19 um, or two, you know, 2008, I should say, uh, dollars worth of value in his estate. <laughs> and right now, though, that gave, without that, Gail had complete control of all the IPs and product, and she had pulled them all from the market, hoping to sell them as one gigantic package to a large conglomerate, be it Pepsi or a studio or whatever. Right. Okay, which did not happen, and at least in my opinion, and it, it is exactly that an opinion, it uh, has lowered the knowledge and the recognition of my father's name and of his works. I think the best way to 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 show and create value for anything is to have it in front of the public. And that so we in September, there's going to be a couple of days where I have to be up really early. And that's not my style. Like I said, I was up till six <laughs> in the morning doing right. emails. So by 8 a.m., I'm supposed to be bright and chipper and, and being questioned if, if desired by lawyers as well as other family members. <laughs> that sounds so, like fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds necessary somehow, or, yeah. you know, because at least it's a chance to most likely, you know, there is a chance of like complete victory or total loss and, and we'll never see dad stuff again, except for maybe it'll be sold to somebody now that they know. All I know is that the most likely thing is that there will be some administrator that will peel off more value off what little there is, but at least allow things to, to get out there yeah. and, and be seen. So uh, administrative head. So with giant lands, for example, and I know with D and D you've got all of this other ancillary tie and stuff besides the game, you know, there's video games, there's novels, there's there's all of these different things that are that are now part of that. With something like Giant Lands or with the original the original stuff that you're coming up with now, are you looking to expand the world into other media, or are you just going to stay with RPGs for now? Uh, Justin will, I'm sure, try to expand it, and it'll. Some of it will probably be done in a shotgun-like fashion. It's only where the pellets will fall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, it's a different approach. All right. But it's it's very interesting. He is the bold, brave fighter, you know, shooting a stream of arrows forth. 
and charging in with his broadsword. So, are you the are you the voice of restraint here in this in this collective? Are you the one who's sitting there, kind of, hey, hang on, let's not let's not do too much too fast. And that's not my style. I'm normally the wild guy that's done, you know, a, a lot of craziness <laughs> and adventure. So this is, but but all I can say is that I had I had less um, I had far less resources and and technical know-how and, and when it comes to actually starting up a business. I, I was involved with TSR as a young man, and I did everything from electrical work in the building that we now own to. Um, <laughs> with Terry Coons, not even with a real electrician, um, to shipping department, running the store. And eventually in 1983, I was uh, the executive vice president in charge of consumer services, which included the hobby shop, the mail order, the dungeon distributors, the role-playing game association under Frank Menser. I it was, my dad hired Frank to work for me. And and, and which was my dad's creation, the RPGA, just for another concept. Like some people say, well, who created that? That was pure and simple. My dad put out like a five-page memo saying, I want these sorts of things, and I want this kind of person to be in this job. And he, he then started talking to people on the Internet. Well, it wasn't even Internet. It was letters. Yeah. <laughs> and Frank Mincer responded properly and came in. And when I ran Frank, Frank's job was not to write modules. His job was to find people to write modules and tie it all together. He then did that all as overtime. So his job would have been about maybe a nine, 10 hour job at worst. He made it a 14 hour job for over a year or more just because he wanted to write those, you know, R1, R2, whatever the, the first egg of the Phoenix and all these other modules, I believe, if I've got the titles right, it's been so long. I've been around since I, I wrote geomorphs. I, I drew geomorphs before Dave Sutherland would make them pretty. I, I did the monster and treasure lists. I, I, I'm the, the greatest playtester and min-max finder that, you know, that dad ever could have found because that's why so many spells have all these limitations and causals and effects. Haste spells age you a year because I was abusing the crap out of the spell. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm looking on the I'm looking on the website here. Besides Giant Lands, there's another game called Tales and Tots, which is yes. uh, there too. What can you tell me about that? I don't see that listed. Well, here. Tales it's it's a creation of Dustin Lanasa for his for his daughter, and um, then he's he carried it out to others because the idea is is that role playing is such a wonderful and healthy thing and so much fun that it can actually bring families together. And he just thought that uh, possibly about three years old is a right spot to be doing some very, very simplistic role-playing things with your children. And 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 like, uh, I, I guess, with playing with a wiffle ball and a plastic bat before you start going into the Little League and, and hopefully the majors someday. So that one's out. You've got Giant Lands. And, and this here, where, this, the, where the site says getting the band back together, how, how, many, how many of the original TSR guys are part of this new TSR? Well, it's an ever-expanding list as, as, we, as we go along. And a lot of it are, let's say that it's involved in projects. So it's not like, 
you are hired on a on a wage situation. It would be more like royalties or potentially a, a job or an occupation. Uh, sometime, though I doubt if it'll happen because my friend Ken Reek's older than I, I would love to have him have something to do with our shipping department since he was the longest lasting TSR employee ever. And uh, not, he was my good buddy. He was a guy that bought me beer when I was underage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though neither of us drink anymore. <laughs> so, what about what about campaigns or you know organized play? You look at stuff that 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 Watsy does with Magic the Gathering, for example, and you know game shops all across the country host tournaments and and gaming events and that sort of thing you you got D play and whatnot has there been any discussion and i know this is probably one of these in the future things that maybe we're not doing yet but something like giant lands for example do you see a time where there are organized play events in various different parts of the country well of course there's Giant Lands is something that, again, like I, I am in three different positions that are all related. I am a small piece of Gary Con. I am also a small piece of Giant Lands. And I'm a very decent-sized portion of Museum and TSR. Okay. So any way I can bring all these together is all to not only their benefit, I believe, but my own. Sure. Okay, so I'm like the gaming player. When you're holding these three railroads, you're hoping that, that <laughs> you know that right. company gets its hit, right? Whatever in whatever game you're playing. Um, see, I'm, I'm losing because I, I really didn't tell you some of the some of the great names we have. Okay. We have Larry Elmore. Just going back again, we have Larry Elmore that is particularly interested in Star Frontiers. Now, is this is he this is his artwork. That piece of art. This is Larry's artwork here. Yes, that's okay. a Larry Elmore. All right. Um, and he is ready to actually maybe even be a one-project art director for Star Frontier, which is a, a, an old TSR title. It would not be the same game. It would be a complete remake, sadly, or at least enough that, as as they told my dad when they did second edition, that, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, you don't, you don't deserve any royalties from this <laughs> because we've changed it more than 10%. Well, I don't think we're just a small company. We're not, we're definitely not going to go to bat against Watsy. That would, that would be stupid. And we would just lose. The idea is, is to fill in and take all those holes that they've thrown back and said, we don't want that. Right. Okay. So we're picking up the apple cores and planting seeds. <laughs> now, is there any possibility of doing some kind of a collaboration or a cooperative venture? Because, you know, Watsi now owning D and D, for example, and TSR being where it originated, you would think that it would be a natural fit for you guys to do something together, maybe. Or do you I see? Hope so, but they just put out a a big disclaimer recently, trying to divorce themselves from the ethics and style of play that was involved in the origins of the game. Mm. 
So they're they're basically trying to say we're a better company and a better type of person than those who start a plane. At least that's somewhat of the impression they've, they've given. And and please switch over and be be part of the new the new wave. <laughs> join. <laughs> You know, join the path of lemmings or whatever. Okay. That, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't seem like a very smart PR move on on certain levels. Uh, it it almost it almost feels a little antagonistic. Well, and the problem is, is that my fighter returns antagonism for antagonism. Ah. So that's where we start getting into some if difficulties, and I'm having to throw uh, a protection from evils. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. Cure, cures here and there yeah. into the party, and hopefully someday I'll be able to pull a fireball. And I know you're not shouldn't be able to be a cleric magic user unless you're a, and I'm, there's no draw players. Yeah. So how has reaction been? What kind of what kind of response have you gotten about TSR coming back? I mean, are there a lot of people talking about it to you? Oh, and it's it's going what? crazy, and that's why for the last. This will be the fourth day in a row or so that I'm eight hours plus just playing on emails and not watching my my boxing matches, taking my dogs out enough, spending enough time with my woman, possibly writing a, a couple modules that I've got just barely you know started here and there, <laughs> and even playing games. <laughs> That's the danger, you know. This is this part's so fun. Uh, what happened to Stephen Dinehart? let the cat out of the bag a little earlier than I thought uh-huh. it was going to happen. So um, at least from my viewpoint and Justin just says, great, let's, 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 let's grab the opportunity. And I'm, I'm on the train, sure. <laughs> but, but right now there's not, the suspension's a little bad sometimes as we bounce <laughs> along. You're, <laughs> you're with the train, but you're still on the horse trying to grab hold, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I am part of it. I'm part of it. I'm just trying to, to figure out if I have to shuck off my magic armor or what <laughs> to be able to make the leap. So after Giant Lands, you've got Star Frontiers you're working on, you got uh, Tales and Tots. What else is in the pipeline? What should we be expecting from TSR in the next six months to a year? Um, well, Justin is extremely interested in dealing with a Swiss firm that has a, um, so this would just be a licensee, but we, but it's very possible that I may be taking some of my old dungeon features from the Hobby Shop Dungeon, Dungeon Hobby Shop Dungeon, and putting them into a game where it's the uh, virtual reality. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're, they're, they're talking about that. And again, Justin has been spending the time with that and is gung-ho. And I say, well, that certainly can't hurt. And that could be, uh, a, 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 obviously, is a new media form. At this point, I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, it's, it's garbage. It's not ready yet. The same thing was true somewhat when I got, when Brian Bloom bought the first video machine that was a Quasar that cost over $2,000. And each blank tape, I bought five and he bought two, were 35 bucks a piece for two hours back in the mid-70s before VHS and Betamax. Yeah. Okay, but it developed. It, you know, I mean, so, yes, it may be early technology, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, stuff from Intellivision and Mattel. I mean, that's obviously old and crude, but it was it was wonderful in its time. I and I, I still have my Atari twenty six hundred. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, over. System. Sorry. Go ahead. I just said it's a different system. Yeah. I was 
I was on Mattel. <laughs> so over on 4chan, I ran across a thread, a discussion thread, and I want to I want to give you the opportunity to put the kibosh on this. Um, okay. Because some some people have suggested that maybe Wizards of the Coast is behind this, and this could be a beta test for D and D Sixth Edition. That does that's not the case, wow. right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I wish I had better contacts with Wizards, and some of them probably would like to to talk to me at some point too, because almost anybody that plays the games have been and are fans yeah. of older material. So, like every edition. Everybody kept on that got involved somehow was taking their ideas and making them trying to make them canon, um, and that's that's been very interesting. So I guess we all like to own our own property, uh, and I still feel that the best game I ever played in was my father's, probably followed by Rob Kuntz and then Dave Arneson. Uh, Dave was much more hands-on and he from, you know, I didn't have as much time with him, but I had a lot of other campaigns like Napoleonic campaigns as well and things. He was much more seat of the pants and uh, creative than our first edition or whatever it would be now by any means. The, right. the, the rules were in his head mostly and could be modified. I still believe that the DM is always right. <laughs> but just be part of having run a hobby shop for so long is I would get to hear every war story and everything from all the others' campaigns that would come into the store to make their pilgrimage to the dungeon. And a lot of these games really sounded wacko. <laughs> yeah. And we, we were finding that everybody's version of, let's of make-believe, Fantasyland, was vastly different and if we were going to start having organized tournaments and and gameplay we had to centralize and make some common standards and practices uh and that's where first edition came along in the old days um and i never really had anything to do with basic except selling the heck out of it in the store and in the mail order because i i'd learned from when it was just raw several pages of, of data uh, and things like this. How I played chainmail as a little kid with air figurines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how has the internet changed things in terms of how you approach developing the game, playing the game, all of the different material that comes with getting a game started? Very little for me. I'm an old codger. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my stuff in a, in a binder, yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't take a laptop with me. Um, I generally try to not have my phone on or anything during a game. Though I, I like some of the D20 look a little bit. The best look is Dwarven Forge. If you've got the time, especially if you're wealthy and you can have servants who could sure. lay out this, this whole thing <laughs> and cover it, there's nothing as good as having a Dwarven Forge layout or other fine layouts, I'm sure. But that's the mark of that's your Cadillac or whatever yeah. standard. And otherwise, though, I played and started with Theater of the Mind. And though I do myself use miniatures, it is in a limited form and mostly to try to get people to not somehow be doing something over here and then be over there 
um, and try to add some cohesion as well as I've, I've got a very almost militaristic precise thing with uh, doing initiative where everybody rolls initiative, they modify it with their dexterity and they start going the highest being a nine from a D6 with a 18 decks with the plus three modifier. I go nine players, eight players, seven, you know, sixes. And then, and if you, okay, there's four sixes here. Everybody know what you're going to be doing. Now have those thoughts in and we'll do it one at a time. Don't change your actions based upon somebody else's actions that happened at the same time. Right. Then we go. So I've, you know, I've, <laughs> I run games. Well, the last game was 17 people um, two weeks ago on, on, on Saturday at Dragonlands, my home, mm. uh, for Robert Donald PagerCon. There's a young gentleman who's in a wheelchair, has never really been out of a wheelchair his whole life. He's 41 years of age now, or about to be. And um, after, after many things, let's just say that he is one of the brightest, most ambitious gentlemen I've ever met who does the most with the least. He writes and DMs with just a microphone. And when it comes to writing, he writes by having a little metal dot placed on his head aimed at some sort of receiving station. Hmm. He's unable to work a keyboard and press numbers and or talk in and edit his own material. And wow. things. He's working. He's starting to write a module for us with the museum. Well, that'll be First interesting to see how that plays out. That'll be fun. <laughs> now, Absolutely. I, I think this is a crowning moment to be able to allow a young man who's as he said, <laughs> I have to hold out. I've got his little post. I don't, I don't you probably can't read. But I can, I can read it to them. It's, this is important to me because he was at Gen Con and I couldn't get him in. I mean, Gen Con, Gary Con. And I couldn't really get him in on a, on a Friday without just, I could get him, but I couldn't take his, his mother and another person that was assisting uh, there was just no room. I was, I was already at like 18 people in a conference room. Uh, so the next day he came back on a Saturday and it was even worse because I had a celebrity as well. And then I had like 22 people and we were, you know, a couple deep. And he gave me this, this, this letter. I just wanted you to know that what you and your family created allowed me to explore inner worlds with my friends when I was physically incapable of exploring the external world. My life is still full of adventure. And furthermore, I am stronger, wiser, and all-around better person because of the lessons from these adventures and stories. You made the world better. Thanks. Robert Donald Pager, the cripple with the long red hair. When he That's gave fantastic. me that, I said, I'm going to do something about this. And now we've had three three-day conventions where he is the guest of honor, the world revolves around things, and we have a great time. And I have all those pictures on Facebook and public. Anybody that wants to see, just look up Robert Donald PagerCon, and you're going to get to see a lot of joy and a lot of goodness. Gaming allows everybody, no matter their size, their shape, whatever, to associate, to share fun, and to have a quality of life that would not be available if we were all just rated on our own physical capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree that the, the way that your imagination gets unleashed in role-playing games is uh, there's, there's nothing like it. I, I really think. 
Now, a couple of questions in the chat. One of them regards uh, Star Frontier. Now, is this... Now, you're talking about bringing Star Frontier back. It's not going to be the exact same. How does... I, unless, how, unless, for some reason, they will allow us to pay royalties and things, okay? We would still like to be friends with Watsi for old things. Right. We'd want to pick up the things that have been tossed in the dirt, brush them off, but if... If needed, we are not incapable of creation and <laughs> will create and will allow people to have things that aren't um, I, I'm, that aren't at least the, the method that they are prescribing for people. It is not happiness for everybody, though it is happiness for many millions. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned ownership earlier, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of independent comics creators have taken that route, where uh, you know we're generating our own IP. We want to we want to own our own characters and our stories. A lot of them are doing crowdfunding, uh, and I understand that that there was some crowdfunding. You guys did a Kickstarter thing for Giant Lands, is that right? Uh, again, that was that was the individual. Okay. Steven is a licensee and my friend, and I am part of it, but it is not TSR as the company and the people that have the museum. Those okay. are two separate entities of which Justin is the first licensee in that, that we actually expect to have glorious things occur with. Got it. Okay. So are there plans for, <laughs> excuse me, for TSR to do any any crowdfunding or no? Yes, they want. I don't. I don't know about for product. I had a problem because when I did a crowdfunding on something called the Memorial Tomb, we are now just starting to deliver five years late on something. It's a mm. incredible work. Yeah, but I, I brought in an artist, a man of great talent. And over uh, more ambition than <laughs> than possibly horse sense at the time, sure. but he's still he's still cracking the whip. We have received years of of hate from some people's things, but it's finally out the memorial tomb. But not the whole. We don't have all the stretch goals. So I'm just saying that I have a burned hand from Kickstarters, but they do work. Yeah. The reason that they really work is not just the money they bring in, because of uh, you don't get all of it. There's there's maybe seven to ten percent or so that gets stolen by banks and other people <laughs> off the top. Right. Because that's why they do this crowdfunding thing. They say, Oh great, yeah, we'll handle your money. Oh, some of it's gone. <laughs> but the idea is that we are going to be doing a membership drive. And the membership will be for playing at the museum, for buying products, and also conventions. We'll probably be having conventions where you, you'll have no fee or a very reduced fee and, and things to do if you're a member. And the memberships will be lifetime memberships. So there's a copper membership for like $50. And I think there's a Mithro or something for, for a grand. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's something I don't have to worry about. And, and neither does, uh, I want to say that a few days ago, Alexander Hugh Hamilton Gygax, my little baby brother, 27 years younger than I, became a father. And there is now a Henry Thomas Gary Gygax in the world, a future gamer that I'm going to be seeing later this <laughs> afternoon. And I've already given him his first dragon. 
Well, that sounds like fun. Uh, uh, we do have a, we do have a comment over on, on Odyssey. Five years does seem a bit too long to be late, but as long as you learned your lesson, also Indiegogo might be a better fit than Kickstarter. And I see a lot of people, uh, especially in the indie comics scene, and I haven't seen this much on gaming. I haven't, I admit I haven't paid attention to it that much, but Indiegogo seems to be, uh, more favored over Kickstarter because of the fee structure and how much, you know, because Kickstarter is an all-or-nothing thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, Indiegogo, you raise however much you raise and that's what you get. Um, plus the in-demand uh, portion where once the campaign is over, you can go in-demand and take orders and that kind of thing. So well, there, there's a backer fill in Kickstarter that does allow people, other, as long as you bought in for a dollar, you can then get into any level you want. Okay. Okay. I, that's how people, see, I wasn't that's aware how of that. Violate that. Yeah. But okay. yeah, it, you know, campaigns, you know, there are, uh, you know, yours, yours is not the only one that has taken a while for fulfillment. I mean, well, there are I'm a few out there that are still about going. $64,000 <laughs> out of the 125 or whatever that it started with before. I think I got a hundred 13 or something by the time Kickstarter peeled off their, their, their top. Yeah. And we've been paying for artists. I've paid, I've wasted money on some accountants. Thank God I've got a gamer accountant now to help. <laughs> <laughs> There's and, and the governments and, and then some people say, Oh, you got to pay tax on this. And then, Oh no, we didn't have to. And the, the federal returned some money. The state said, you gave me money. <laughs> right. <laughs> They they I'm hoard sorry. it like dragons. I know we're, we're live, but I have to take a, a one and a half minute break. Okay, I can't help it. No, that's fine. You do that, and in the meantime, I will. Uh, I take this moment to let everybody know because I'm seeing a lot of new names in the chat. So uh, I will take this opportunity to talk a little bit about what we do here. We cover science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And this is just one of seven shows that we produce here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Tomorrow night, we have our Star Wars discussion program. It's called The Ranker Pit. Uh, that will be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. That is a companion piece to the Star Wars news program. We just dropped a new episode of that last night. Salacious Crumbs, which is also at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And then coming up on the weekend, we have our news program, Good Morning Multiverse, at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And that will be followed by a brand new Foreign Bodies, where we talk about horror that's made outside the United States. So a lot of stuff that we do here and uh, we do invite you to check all of those things out. Uh, Mazurus, I'm not sure if McKenna's going to be back yet. She's she's still piled on with a lot of different things that she's doing in uh, work and school and such. So we're we're taking it a week by week. We're going to be talking about the Bad Batch and some new rumors about things. And then on Monday nights, Mr. Harvey and I talk about various different topics on the H2O podcast. It is our longest running show. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 Central. So we do invite you to join us for that as well. So um, those of you who are new, uh, we do appreciate you being here in the chat and uh, feel free to 
leave us a comment if those of you who are seeing this in replay and uh, we do have a number of, of videos that are here we've been doing this since well we've been on YouTube since 2012 so we have one or two videos that you can check out a number of different uh, episodes we've had a number of conversations on this program which normally runs at 1 p.m. Eastern Monday through Thursday. So you're all invited to join us for all of those shows and subscribe to the channel, have your notifications turned on. And now we can get back to our conversation with E. Gary Gygax Jr. Welcome back, sir. Sorry about that. I have to take blood pressure medicine at my no, age. That's that's fine. That's okay. It's got side effects. Anything <laughs> anything that you have to do to keep going, right? That's that's yeah. the thing. So oh, I, I I take a, a a large amount of pills every week. <laughs> I I I don't have a large amount yet, but I'm taking more than I used to and more than I want to. So I I can I can sympathize. So right. uh, yeah, and it looks like we're having a little bit of technical issues uh, on the stream uh, over on Odyssey, but it does look like it might be back. Every now and again, the gremlins like to just kind of nibble on the wires a little bit. So we're we're well, working. Certainly, we need we just need a. Guest host William William Shatner. That's that's right. You know, we'll 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 roll for initiative in, in a D twenty and see if we can blow those those gremlins out of the out of the water. You know, the first D twenty we used was a coffee can, which was filled with poker chips with the numbers one to twenty on it, and we put it on your head and pull from it. That was we used that for tractics. Oh, and that's then, funny. Then we found that uh, a Lake Geneva supply store that was a school supply had these dice for $3.50. And we were just buying the dice and not making anything on them to start with. Yeah. You know, this insane, but just because you needed the dice to, to really play the game well. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's it's been so long since I've played any role-playing game. And, you know, we have our Twitch channel, and, and for a while we had a campaign that was running there until it kind of fell apart because of personalities. But... Um, it's something that I would that I would be interested in in putting together again on our Twitch channel to have that kind of thing because it is still a popular thing, whether you're talking about D and D or any of the rest of these, you know, top secret car wars, Starfleet battles, you know, various different ones that are out there, and traveler, there, <laughs> yeah, there's something about the pencil the pencil and paper <laughs> games. There is an appeal to that that mobile games and online games just don't have. And it's it's good to see that that uh, TSR is jumping back into things. So Giantlands, uh, Tales and Tots. And, so, and so, then, you see, there's the sky's the limit because we haven't come in with a preconceived notion that we will do this game, und that game, and nothing else. <laughs> the idea is, is that now we're reaching out to the gamers and... We're cre the, the museum still isn't officially open. We have to wait till next Monday where I won't drink, but I'll do something else. But the idea is that there'll be a celebration because that'll be when the zoning's from probably there to get us back the building the way it was back in 1976. And that'll mean that we can have business as well as Jeff Leeson can stay upstairs in the art department with his kitty cats and be the curator and run... <laughs> operation um 
this is an incredible moment that has gone much faster than I thought, but I guess at, at my age, that's an important thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad only lived seven more years than I am, I think, you know, so let's, let's not, let's hope, you know, to prevent such things as aneurysms. And I do see the, the doctors all the time now and things. And, well, but um, the idea is that, that let's, let's share the idea is that there is, there isn't a bad role-playing game. Fifth edition, to me, is kind of like drinking when I used to, okay, I used to do light beer when you could be having a Guinness. It's it's still cold. <laughs> <laughs> Has calories some? Sure, not much. There's a, there's a question here. Did you or your father have any direct or indirect involvement in the development of the D and D online game? Uh, did you, were you guys part of the, or was that past, that's when, you know, past when Wizards of the Coast had it by then? Um, I don't remember any such. My dad did a bunch of voiceovers, I think for an early, I don't know if the game is still, I don't play online. Okay. <laughs> my computer is a tool, just like my car is a tool. It hardly ever gets washed and, <laughs> and it takes me places. Yep. Um, Except that I love I love entertainment. So what I do is I watch old movies, fantasy, science fiction, spy thrillers, boxing, whatever, action things, um, and some Futurama, blah, blah, blah. But I enjoy a theater experience kind of thing, and, and that more than I do playing on a computer. Though I have wasted thousands and thousands of hours of playing Panzer General, People's General, um, just all bandit kings of ancient China going back, <laughs> Master of Orion 2, uh, you know, Warcraft 2, yeah. all this stuff. But I, I put that behind me, not because it was not good, but because <laughs> I have other opportunities. I live in a beautiful area we call Dragonlands, 1.2 acres, with a gamer, with a gaming lady who is sweet as can be and makes me a better person. I have my old cat is here, but hopefully not forever, because we also have a parrot, an African gray parrot, and we're afraid that, that she could end up being a meal. I mean, he could, to, to, to Julianka, and have we have two great dogs. Life is good, and now gaming and, and in a big way has come back. Lake Geneva still had Tom Wong. It still had a game store. Uh, it, it still had people like Nick Carr coming, and we still had Thank God, Gary Khan. Gary Khan is like the premier gaming convention. We're using for our own gaming convention the future. There's a T, there will be a TSR. There will be some TSR cons again, some mini cons. Okay, That's just like TSR used to do. Yeah, spring and autumn revel probably. Um, I don't know about winter fantasy. Let's <laughs> see. They might try to get that, but I hate moving around. Of heavy boxes of books in my backpack and all this kind of stuff, unless we have people come to my house <laughs> <laughs> in the wintertime. And it's a long driveway, so it better be plowed. <laughs> but uh, anyway, life is life is really good, and it's there's it's a renaissance. It's it's a moment of love. The, the scrolls are being pulled out of the monasteries, and we're the Gutenberg press is up. We're we're getting ready to to start creating again. Well, uh, it may, and it may be like an old press, you know. Yeah, the the, the mimeograph with the purple ink. Oh yeah, right. 
<laughs> do a Definitely. new, you know, and that actually makes me think that there could be something marketable in that doing, doing something that retro just because, and, and doing a new basic edition of some new, new thing just for the, just for the novelty of it. So I'll write up a synopsis and propose it. <laughs> I'll, I'll add it. I'll add it to my list. Okay. All right, Ernie. Thank you very much for being here today. This is this is great to think. You know, TSR is back. I'm looking forward to seeing what other games did you come up with, how things go. Uh, you know, GaryCon is still going going, and we we look forward to the next thing. We're going to definitely museum, have to have you back. The museum. Well, I'm going to North Carolina on the sixth or seventh. I'm heading off to Greensboro to uh for some sort of a little mini convention that Wade Keys set up. Okay. So he's 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 actually taken his trailer and come and stayed in my backyard during GaryCon for like two three weeks and made a made a vacation out of it. And he said, you know, there's a lot of great gamers out here that would like to meet you and blah blah blah. And so we we've set it up. Well, people are paying to take me to dinner. Isn't that something else? <laughs> Not only are they paying for the dinner, but they're paying to take me to dinner. There you it's go. Like, how can you say no? Got it made in the shade right now, then, don't you? As long as it's not fish, I'm all right. <laughs> all right. Well, and and once the museum is up and running and and things are going there, or maybe we'll maybe we'll do a road trip and we'll come up and visit. Well, and anybody right now can by getting a hold of me. I, in fact, when we're through with this, I'm going to be opening up the museum for a family from Minnesota, a gal by the name of Megan, just got a hold of me and said, "Oh, you're closed, and they've given me this number." And I said I will, but then I, I, but it can't be very long because then I'm going to go meet for the very first time my new nephew, um, little Henry Thomas Gary, and um, hold the little the little bugger and <laughs> say, "Hey, you know, well, another Gygax is in the world." I'm life; it's really good right now. It's really good. That that's good to hear, and and hopefully things continue to go well. And uh, the family continues to flourish, and the museum does well, and and we're looking forward to seeing what happens next with TSR. So, that's good. All right, thank you very Roll much. Roll those dice. Roll the dice. All right, we are going to head out now. Thanks very much for everybody in the chat. Uh, AGC uh, says it's usually a good discussion here. I do appreciate that. All of you who have thoughts and feedback that you'd like to share with us, you can certainly leave a comment. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And we will do this all again. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up on your way out. Feel free to share. If you haven't subscribed to the channel already, we do invite you to do that and have your notifications on. And we will do this all again tomorrow at the regular time of 1 p.m. Eastern noon central. And then the ranker pit tomorrow night at uh, 9 Eastern. So uh, join us for that. In the meantime, remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.